We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Honest, I would put myself in the same category as D Wade. Now our test is jumped over the scores table. Our test is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by PropSwap. It's Friday, August 21st, 2020. Alex Berutha here. Shannon McEwen is next to me. Ken K. Train Kreitz is on the line. All aboard! You can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Rotowire.com, other places. We would appreciate a nice review. Today we're going to talk about uh, the things that have been happening in the playoffs. We're going to talk about the draft lottery and we're going to get into DFS. First off, the playoffs kind of returned to normal yesterday. Number one seeds, LA Lakers and Milwaukee Bucks, both won game two of their series after being upset in game one. The Lakers notably blew out Portland 111 to 88. Uh, Portland never led by more than two points. That entire game, they shot only 28% from the field. 
committed 17 turnovers, and Damian Lillard left the game 20, early with shot, a dislocated 28% finger. From, 28% from three. 40%. Yes, 28%. Did I say from the field? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. That, that no. didn't happen. It was 40% from the field. It was still bad. Still not uh, great, yeah. Lillard left the game with a dislocated finger. X-rays are negative. He says he'll play in game three. They'll probably just tape it up. They were down, uh, and they were down 30 when he left, so it wasn't like... There was no reason to play him at that point. Right. Uh, this game very much looked like L.A.'s, like they finally kind of found the groove that they needed to get into, especially Anthony Davis. Like he had a solid game, game one, but this time around his aggressiveness was on another level. He was attacking the basket. He was getting shots within five or six feet. He wasn't settling for mid-range jumpers, and I think that made a lot of the difference. And Damian Lillard... Uh, did not have an amazing game. Uh, he only had 18 points and went one of seven from three, so some kind of uh, regression there. Do you guys, was this enough for you, Shannon, to feel like this is 100% Lakers from here on out? Or is there still something in the back of your mind that makes you think that Portland could either make this a seven-game series or pull off the upset? Uh, this this was enough for me. Um, you know, it, it basically you needed Lillard to come out and average like forty points a game for the series for for Portland to have a legit chance at yeah. taking the series. Um, I picked them to I picked the Lakers to win in six. That's still what I'm picking. Um, the dislocated finger will be somewhat problematic for Lillard, but I think he's still got like one monster game left in him. How about you, Ken? I was just shocked. JaVale McGee finally productive. We were dogging him yesterday, Alex. Uh, or no, maybe that was with Nick on the phone. He had been all of his minutes in the bubble and game one of the playoffs. Uh, the Lakers had been outscored for every minute that he was on the court uh, with the Lakers <laughs> in the bubble. But only 13 minutes. He got 10 and 8. Uh, 5 of 6. Actually played good defense. Uh, I, I guess I'm with Shannon, though. I see Lakers in six. I, I think the Blazers pushing them to six games is still an accomplishment, you know. Uh, getting Nurkic back in the fold. Things look, you know, it's too bad Collins can't get any playoff minutes. To me, uh, kudos to Portland if they can push it to six, and I think that uh, speaks well for them next season. LeBron is not having an easy time scoring in this series. I think is one kind of interesting takeaway. He was four for 11 this game for 10 points. And he had a, his passing game was amazing game one, but this time seven assists to six turnovers. And only Obviously, 11 attempts. Just 11 attempts is weird. Only 11 attempts. Um, Live it was feeding Anthony Davis. Uh, the you know Trailblazers were doing a really good job of trying to just cut him off. He was posting up and kicking a lot. Uh, and then, on, I mean, vice versa, the Lakers were basically trying to like trap Lillard or really, really force him every time he caught the ball. So this was both teams kind of locked down on each other's superstars um we're gonna we're gonna talk dfs for today's games later friday but in terms of this series are you are is, is there anybody that you're now targeting either for a bounce back game or you think is due for some regression like ken are you interested in taking javel mcgee now as a flyer or is that someone <laughs> that you're still uh, well, gonna stay yeah, away from? play tonight so uh i was more fiddling with tonight's lineup right uh but, uh, uh, you know, Miguel, McGee should always be cheap. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm always fascinated by McGee's career after the Bullets drafted him first a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but, no, I probably he's probably not leading my DFS strategy. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Bucks. I, oh. I, I, I was going to say, I mean, I, I expect 
Melo's not going to have as bad of a game as he did last night. I mean, one for six, yeah, one for six um, <laughs> negative 26, uh, two points, negative 26 uh, plus minus, only two points uh, in, in nearly 27 minutes. I, I actually think everyone on Portland is going to bounce back. Right. This game was just a blowout from the start, essentially. You know, they were down 17 at the half, uh, tack on another 13 points, so they were down 30. After three quarters, the game was over. Um, you look at the minute distribution. I mean, everyone, not, not a single player on the Lakers played more than 29 minutes. And almost everyone, I mean, they went like 10, 12 deep, and almost everyone played 20 minutes. Uh, the game was a blowout uh, from from start to finish. Yeah, Portland. You've got I, to assume all. Yeah, I'm. Shannon's absolutely right. All the Blazers right. got to bounce back. Yeah, Portland was was definitely due for a game like this. They've been on a heater for like. 10 games yeah. straight. And um, I think they just uh, overall had a bad shooting night because most of the other metrics were not really, they, they didn't have a huge turnover disadvantage. Their offensive rebounding was fine compared to the Lakers. So I think, I think you guys are right. Uh, next time this game comes around, if you're playing DFS, I think you can probably get some of these guys on Portland at a discount. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks. You know, similar. One, one thing I want to throw in there about this series though, how weird is it to see, uh, so many bigs playing. It's like it's back in the 2000s or 1990s when, when they've got Nurkic and Whiteside out there and McGee and uh, Davis. It's like, oh, right. I remember when this used to be the NBA, <laughs> you know, before everyone was just jacking threes. Yeah, I like it. It's, an, it's a nice, uh, yeah, it's kind of a nice throwback. And a lot of these guys I'm are having like Elijah Wan Samson flashbacks. Right. And a lot of these guys are either very skilled at something like one particular thing or just great all around big men like Nurkic is incredible. Um, Anthony uh, Davis is obviously incredible. And um, you got like Whiteside, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, who are more role players, but are great athletes and shot blockers. How great were Davis's? Davis went three or four from behind the arc. Like when he's hitting three pointers, you just like, well, game over. You can't. If Anthony Davis is going to drain multiple threes. I don't know how you guard that at all whatsoever. Yeah, he, yeah, when he, when he does the, you know, when he attacks the rim and when he's good from three, it's pretty hard to stop him. Somehow only ended up with two free throws, uh, but it's bound to happen once in a while. Um, Bucks blew out Orlando 111 to 96. This was another game that was never really in question. Orlando's biggest lead was one point. They regressed a ton from uh, from just shooting the ball, thirty five percent from the field, twenty one percent from Ugh. three. Uh, although the Bucks still committed nine more turnovers, got a little sloppy, but they were so far ahead, didn't really matter. Um, I mean, I think I think nice twenty twenty still... game, to be honest. Just casual yes. twenty twenty game. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were a lot of rebounds. There was no shortage yeah, right. of rebounds. Good point. For for Giannis Lopez also had a bounce back game, scored twenty points after an abysmal game one. Uh, Pat Connaughton had a good game, but of course that was mostly garbage time. Uh, I think, I mean, Shannon, do you think this shooting was so bad in this game from the Magic that again this is like a Portland situation where next time these two teams play, it? I mean, Orlando has to shoot better than this. They will shoot better, but the Bucks actually did not play well yesterday no not and really. they didn't shoot that well either they shot okay but not not what i would call well um i 
after game one, I, I said to one of our coworkers, I said, the Bucks are going to win. Their margin margin of victory for the next four games is going to be 15 plus points. Right. And I, I stand by that. I think even if Orlando bounces back and, and shoots better, which they have to, you can't shoot much worse than 35% from the floor and 21% <laughs> from three. Even if Orlando does that, I think it's going to, it's going to coincide with a Bucks bounce back game. Cause again, I don't think the Bucks played that well. Chris Middleton had two points. He was one for eight from the floor. Giannis shot 43 and a half percent, 10 for 23. That's not good. That's very, very bad actually, especially for someone who's your primary playmaker or primary player who's supposed to be super efficient. I mean, that's one of, one of his best values attributes. Uh, also had yeah. seven turnovers to five assists. Yeah. Bledsoe did. Okay. Um, they didn't need him that they didn't need him to play more than the 25 minutes that he saw. Uh, I, I, I just don't think games where Middleton has more turnovers than points and still played 31 minutes. No, that's probably only probably the first of his career. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. no, it definitely happened early on with the Pistons when he was a, <laughs> the last man on the bench, but yeah, this it's pretty insane that you can have that bad of a game from your second best player and still just cruise to victory i'll say uh, this though tip of the rotowire hat to nikola vucevic still plugging away surrounded by mediocrity on this magic squad it seems like they've been trying to replace him last two or three or four years 32 points 10 boards he did shoot well 13 of 23 from the field including two threes hit all his free throws uh i feel like that guy deserves better somehow he's He's crucial to what they do, especially against the Bucks, because he pulls Brooke Lopez away from the rim, and yeah. that allows other guys on the Magic to get cuts, cuts near the basket. That's what's giving a lot of the Bucks problems on defense. I mean, they gave up nine; they still gave up ninety-six points to a team that shot thirty-seven <laughs> percent, yeah, or thirty. That's sorry, hard. thirty-five percent. Thirty-five. That's hard. That's hard to give up. That's difficult. <laughs> Um, yeah, in terms of what Vegas thinks of these series, uh, those matchups or those games were enough to push the Lakers up to minus 700 to win the series. Portland at plus 470. Now the bucks are completely off the board. You cannot bet on them on FanDuel, uh, magic are plus 2,500. If you want to set your money on fire, Ken, <laughs> there was a draft lottery. Also yes. Yesterday. The lottery occurred yesterday and the resulting top four picks go in order. One, Minnesota, second, Golden State, third, Charlotte, and fourth, Chicago. The Hornets and Bulls were the lucky ones that jumped up from eighth and seventh spots, respectively. Um, curious, guys. Uh, let's start with who do you think Minnesota should take at number one? LaMelo, Edwards, or Wiseman? I don't like LaMelo Ball as a prospect that much. Um, I agree with you. So I think it's between Edwards and Wiseman, I would say. Now, I don't know a tongue about this class. I don't think I would draft Wiseman if you have Towns there. So my default between these three would be Edwards. But I need to do a lot more work before I can confidently pick one. I, I was I was not a big fan of LaMelo back when he was in high school. I thought he was an overrated prospect at that time. Um, since then, I feel like he's he's improved considerably. I think he's going to be a better pro than his brother. Um, with that said, I don't think he necessarily warrants the number one overall pick. Uh, also, if you're Minnesota, you already have D'Angelo Russell. If you're actually committed to D'Angelo and Cat as your core, 
and then you throw in a Beasley or Culver and some of those other guys, I feel like they need something at the three and the four. Yeah, that would be a better fit. So yes. that's why they need I a wing. I, I kind of side with Toppin, Obi. 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 That would be a bold. Uh, but pick. you can't pick. I don't. I don't think you need to pick Matt number one. So right. You trade, well, I, you trade down. I'm with you. Trade down I'm with you. Scenario. Pull a Danny Ainge. Pull a Danny Ainge here. Trade down. Still get the guy you want. I think they should get the Israeli, the six foot nine Israeli prospect, Denny Avija. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right or not, but uh, um, he seemed because he can play either forward spot. Uh, also terrified about the t- bad defense reports I hear about Lamelo Ball. Uh, but I'm with you, Shannon. They need a three or four desperately. Trade down, get some other assets. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I think, I mean, I'm I'm scared of Lamelo's shooting. I think it's like going to be an issue. Not only is he a bad shooter, his shot selection was terrible. And I know people are going to say, well, he was just trying to be a, uh, he was trying to showcase. When you're trying to showcase, like some of those shots that he was taking are like, I would not take those in any pickup game ever. You scream head joke. They scream head case. They seem raging egomaniac. So I I just, I don't know. It's tough to draft a point guard these days. You can't shoot because he always, always, always needs the ball in his hands. We see this with Ben Simmons. And I, I don't also, want a situation necessarily where the ball's out of D'Angelo Russell's hands and the spacing is bad and stuff like that. They're also talking about Edwards is this great prospect, but he's going to need some time. T-Wolves don't have any time. <laughs> the T-Wolves have been terrible for t- I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. They are, they're on their second. I think I guess technically is this their second attempt at a rebuild with right. Carl right. Towns? Not right. a good sign. Right. Uh, um. Well, okay, let's go other, to topic two on this. Yes. Do you guys think? What do you think the Warriors should do with the number two pick? They should shop it for certain. Yeah. I don't know what they'll get, um, but you have. Thompson, you have Curry, you have Draymond. All those guys, I think, are over 30 now. And they right. don't have... got to be in win-now mode, right? Yes. I think so. I think so. And I think someone, you know, I think Wiseman is at least interesting for them um, because he might be able to contribute right away and there's not going to be a ton of pressure on him considering, like, Draymond can play a lot of five and they do small ball and maybe he can develop into somebody... Uh, but yeah, I would definitely look at shopping it. I don't know because this draft class is so weak. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly who is trying well, to who's desperate for a center. Like Charlotte should be desperate for a center. I wonder if you can get, if you're Minnesota or golden state, uh, and you know, Charlotte needs a center. Can you get something out of them to get them to move a spot or two up to make sure they can get Wiseman, right? They don't, the only talent Charlotte has is a guard. Why would they want Edwards or ball? Yeah, I don't need that's I don't even know who Charlotte could trade <laughs> to warrant another pick bridges and a future pick. Like, I don't know, because yeah. the ones the one spot Golden State needs as well is center. Um, you know, you've got you've got Curry, yeah. Clay, Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green one through four. All they need is a five, um, a five and, and depth would be good as well. Um it, it's it's a weird scenario for him because the cheap talent is going to be extremely appealing and necessary. Um, yeah, right. You know, that's going to be sure. a necessary part. Like if they're confident that that number two pick, whoever it is, whether it's Wiseman or someone else, if they're confident that person's going to be an immediate impact player and, you know, a longtime all-star, then just keep it. Yeah. Um, 
you, I mean, they 19, would have to get they, at nineteen. Yeah. How does can Wiseman contribute right away? I don't know. It's tough. And I, you know, with that team, if they're, when they're healthy, they don't they don't need someone to go out there and dominate on the offensive end. Um, I don't know. It's interesting, and I, I I think they're better off going the win now route. But you have to find the right pick. I mean, it's almost like, uh, well, I, I don't know. Can you trade Draymond Green the number two pick for for Carl Anthony Towns? Like, if you got someone like that, you need you need to get something crazy like that. Uh, a top ten player. Tight, top 10 front court player who fits your style of play and everything to make it worthwhile. Yeah. The, the, the financials are tough. Like Shannon mentioned. I mean, if we're talking even I can't take a bet on, they, they need rookie contracts and picks. Yeah. Yes. Like next season, Curry, 43 million Thompson, 35 million Wiggins, 29 million. D- they essentially need, 22 million. You need someone to take Wiggins and the number two pick <laughs> and, then, and then have like a max, guy who fits you yeah for that championship push uh okay back to the playoffs the heat and rockets both went up 2-0 on the pacers and thunder again a question for you guys i'll start with you shannon are you completely out on the pacers and or the thunder uh yes yeah completely (laughs) completely out on both um i i do find it entertaining. I feel like a lot of folks in the Rotowire camp thought the Thunder had a chance to win this series, even with Harden playing subpar ball, not needing and no to Westbrook, take no Westbrook. I know no Westbrook and Harden's not doing what Harden normally does. And the Rockets, it doesn't matter. The Rockets are getting enough production from Eric Gordon, Daniel House, PJ Tucker. Eric, Listen, yeah. these are all beasts. Jeff Green. Jeff Green saved the <laughs> Jeff game Green looks like he lost 10 years. Like Started he's that suddenly in his mid-20s. He does. He amazing. looks like Sonic's version of Jeff Green. It's kind of amazing. And I love Steven Adams, but he doesn't have much business being on the court uh, against the Rockets. <laughs> he looks even slower. Yep. Yeah. Go there, ahead. There's just no way. Because Harden's going to come out and drop 40 one of these next two games. Thunder yeah. are done. Pacers are done, and that's okay. The Heat are just good. What a dream for the Rockets to rest Westbrook in his quad and not, you know, force him back early and potentially get him hurt a second time. Like, man, it's almost like the Thunder looks shocked they're shooting all these threes. (laughs) You're like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? This was definitely a bad look for the Rock or for the Thunder because the Rockets only shot 34 percent from three. 42% 42% from the field and they won uh, by a significant margin, uh, 13 points. Uh, Rockets had half the turnovers that the Thunder had. Rockets had more offensive rebounds than the Thunder. I think I think the Rockets are now up on offensive rebounding in this series, which is unbelievable. Can, <laughs> yeah, Covington keeps getting offensive boards. Yeah, they um, do a good job. I think they focused in on crashing the boards from the wings, which is something you can definitely do. Um, but yeah, Thunder just look out my match right now. Chris Paul had a terrible game. Like yeah. I mean, two kicks. assists, two turnovers, Dork. minus 36, four, six of 15 from the field. You either need, I, I feel like going against the Rockets, you either need a, a big man who is just dominant force on offense, who will brutalize that opponent 
who will brutalize the Rockets, or you need to go small with them and yeah. just go with it. And and the Thunder are going small. I mean, Gallinari's the four. You got SGA and Dort are basically are basically the two and the three. So they're already you know con- they're already small, but they're, they're smaller. Yeah. Go small. I, I I honestly think they should. I I don't think S- Stephen Adams should be out there for more than 20 minutes in game three. Uh, bring out Schroeder, ha- have Schroeder play alongside Chris Paul and SGA. Um, have, have Baisley play more. Baisley only played 13 minutes last night. He did really well for him in the bubble. Um, just, you're going to have to try to switch something up because what you're doing right now is not working. Are, are we overreact? I'm thinking more next year for the thunder. Does this scream? Oh yeah, you really should rebuild, or is it just no? This is just an impossible matchup, and they're on the right path. It's a tough matchup. You know, Rockets are the third favorite to come out of the East. They're still they're the they're the dark horse title favorite, right? So, it's this could be a situation where you just bumped up against the worst one of the worst possible matchups, and you know, with when your best player, not your best player, one of your five best players, is Stephen Adams who is the exact kind of center the Rockets are fine going up against, like Shannon alluded to. He's not he's not a dominant scorer. He's a good rebounder, but he's not elite. So the Rockets know how to stop those guys, and they're, he's being exposed. Okay, okay see, I'll, I'll tell you, Ken. They, yes, they should rebuild. Um, you should get rid of Chris Paul. Steven Adams next year is the final year in his contract. Uh, Gallinari is a free agent this year, right? Free agent this year. Schroeder next year is the final year on his contract. Trade Schroeder, trade Schroeder, trade Adams, trade Chris Paul. Get rid of all three of those guys. (laughs) Just build around SGA and whatever pieces get. (laughs) Yes, and Dort, of course. Uh, and, And just build around SGA and whatever pieces you get in return. For, but I, they should absolutely just part with all of those veterans. I, I don't think it's worth it. Well, it I don't seems think like, it, yeah, round one is maybe their peak is the problem. And they're not going to age well. No. Uh, in terms of Indiana versus Miami, uh, Miami won this game by nine points. But Pacers never led by more than five. Heat were as, up by as much as 16 at some point. Turnover battle was the same. Heat slightly won offensive rebounding, but they got scorching hot from three. Uh, the Heat shooting 51% from three. It's a higher three-point percentage than field goal percentage, <laughs> and that helped them recover from a 68% free throw percentage. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Pacers actually shot about average, but just lost because they got they just got absolutely like destroyed from beyond the arc because. Uh, there's a guy on Miami. I don't know. hit nine. Yeah. Well, Duncan Robinson. Yeah. Seven uh, of eight. Shit, goodness. Yeah. He had a, he had an incredible bounce back game really helped fuel that win. Um, I, I believe this series is over for the most part, but I'm not opposed to like betting on the Pacers next game. Cause I think the heat shooting was just absurd this game and they should have lost or should have been closer to losing. Um, you can't, they're not going to shoot 52% or whatever from three every game. So yeah, overall, they still, they only shot 47% overall. 
Um, you mentioned the 68% from the free throw line. Uh, those those could both improve. Um, I, 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 I think we knew, we've talked about this many times, like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, the Heat have guys who are going to just get hot from downtown. And when that happens, you know, those two combined 10 for 16 from downtown, good luck beating them when that happens. Um, if just one of them gets hot, like if, if it was just Duncan Robinson, it probably would have been enough. And then you pair that with the fact that Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler had what will probably end up being their worst games of this Definitely series. Adebayo. Definitely Bam. Definitely yeah. Bam. Yeah. And even Butler. I mean, yeah, 18, seven and six is good, but he was five for 13. He had five turnovers. He wasn't great. He wasn't great last night. So with, I, I just don't think that there's going to be a chance. I think overall the heat as a team are going to play better. You know, even Drogic got off to a slow start. He had four turnovers last night as well. Um, he, he ended up with a solid line overall at the end of the game, but he started slow. Uh, I, the heat are just too good and too well balanced. That you know, they, interesting side note on this game. Has he, have you ever seen anyone hit the doghouse as fast as Kendrick Nunn? Goes from like starting almost every game in the regular season to terrible bubble games, and now just end of the bench. Him, him, and Myers Leonard are hanging out. Well, the Myers Leonard thing I think was kind of expected, but Kendrick Nunn gave him 15 points a game in the regular season, played 25 minutes for them. Um, Spolstra didn't really elaborate when asked about it. He was just like. He just said the goal is bigger than the role, it, which is like propaganda from it, Pat Riley. But it, makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense. I mean, this it's played out perfectly. You get you get to essentially keep Drogic he- healthy and fresh yeah. for the season. And now he's uh, ready yeah. in the playoffs. And and none. I love none. I think he's going to be a good player, but he's not as good as Drogic. And he's not going to help the yeah, team. As zero minutes in two. It doesn't matter. Doesn't, there, doesn't that no. seem, I mean, I just I just find it sure. interesting. I just think, wow, I know he played poorly in the bubble. And he had, didn't he have to leave the bubble briefly for some reason? But zero minutes. You have to shorten your bench. You have to shorten your rotation in the playoffs. Teams that don't are foolish. I, I love the Bucks' second unit, and even their they 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 run so deep they've practically got a third unit. I I that's great during the regular season. I don't think it works in the playoffs. Um, I think you go you go that's eight nine deep. And and the eighth and ninth guy do not get many minutes. Um, that's that's what I would recommend most teams doing. I'm not a coach. I know nothing. But uh, I I what the Heat are doing is the best way to handle it. You ride your seven eight best players. Well, know, there's no reason to change things now. There's no reason to change things now. I just from starter to end of bench just seems uh, interesting. An intriguing yeah. storyline. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the Heat are now minus 2,200 to win that series. Uh, Celtics, by the way, in that series, minus 4,500. <laughs> Anybody have quick thoughts on the Celtics before we move on to DFS? Celtics 76ers? I want to say this in general. You know, if you're the Sixers or the Pacers or the Thunder, how can you resist dreaming about leaving the bubble, right? You got to be bored out of your mind in there. Your lady friends waiting at home. You, 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 know, you, you saw you, Joe Harris leave earlier. Yeah, Joe Harris just. Do we do we know yet how he just bolted? What was there a explanation for that? Even I yet? don't think so. But someone must have promised him something because he had 15 rebounds and then just walked out the front door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
You, I just got to believe these teams that are down 0-2 are just dreaming about going home. I can see that. Yeah, and the 76ers chemistry has been bad all season. Yeah, they and hate each other. I'm just so. imagining everyone's just sitting in their room, not communicating with one another, <laughs> pre- like ghosting you know, their teammates when they knock on the door and stuff like that. Like, I hear the TV on in there, man. I know you're in here. Pay-per-view movies, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. We're going to move on from that uh, to talk about prop swap. The smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet. That's why smart bettors use prop swap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Just last week, a customer bought a Miami Heat to win an all-ticket odds of 42 to 1. FanDuel has the Heat at 25 to 1 right now. Prop swap customers always find the best odds because you're buying direct from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Prop swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Yesterday, I saw a prop bet for TJ Warren over four and a half rebounds, which I liked, and I tweeted, and then he had five rebounds in the first quarter. Um, ah, and, and you're just okay. and, and how many millions did you rake in? Yeah, I don't even work here anymore. Honestly, <laughs> this, is, this is my last day. Somebody tell Peter Thank Sankey. You. <laughs> uh, okay, so DFS uh, Friday fan duel main injuries to watch for. Conley just got ruled in during this podcast, so he is 100% making his return uh, after the birth of his son. So if you're into narratives. Conley, he's five something. He's five fifty eight hundred. Fifty eight hundred. Conley, who have been playing well in the bubble. Patrick Beverly is doubtful. Uh, That almost has more implications for the Mavericks' offense. I was just saying. Yet Reggie Jackson still stinks. Right. (laughs) Uh, And Landry Sham is not really ready for the playoffs. What did you say, Ken? I said, Shannon, do you miss Reggie Jackson? Oh man, the Pistons days. No. Nope. I forgot that he even played for him. <laughs> Perfect. Gary Harris and Will Barton are still out for Denver. They've been doing fine without them. Uh, a lot of Michael Porter Jr., Torrey Craig, Monte Morris minutes. Uh, Jeremy Grant also. Joe Harris, as we alluded to earlier, got 15 rebounds in game two and then left Adios. the bubble. <laughs> Good luck, fellas. I'm living in Katie's basement. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, quickly, the game totals and spreads uh, for for the Friday slate. Brooklyn versus Toronto. Toronto, minus 11, total 219. Jazz versus Nuggets. Nuggets, minus one and a half point favorites. Total, again, 219. 76ers versus Celtics, minus five and a half in favor of the Celtics. 217 and a half being that total. Mavericks versus Clippers. Clippers, also five and a half point favorites. 231 on that game. Uh, I'm sure there will be plenty of people in your GPPs and cash games and whatever stacking Mavericks Clippers because uh, of their absurd total. Uh, first guy, actually two guys from that game that I do like, Lou, Will- Lou Williams and Mon- uh, Marcus Morris. Lou Williams is 5,600. He scored at least 26.1 fan duel points in each of his past four appearances. So he's basically trending on value. Same with Marcus Morris, who's 5,100, 38.7 fantasy points and 31.6 fantasy points in their first two games against the Mavericks. I think those are good values. Uh, Ken, 
you I see you you're you're interested in this Brooklyn team. Uh, I am just in just in the few guys still standing. I can't right. very you know Levert. I'm expecting a bounce. He had a terrible uh, game two. I expect a big bounce back game for him. And uh, Jared Allen, five straight double doubles. He's playing for next season. Um, for minutes next season, I think. And uh, I just like the effort uh, that those two are going to have to exert. Um, but I also saw you, you, you've got a net as well, Alex, in your uh, suggested lineup. Garrett Temple, 4,900. Uh, first, three, first three games, uh, FanDuel point totals, 33, 21.3, 31.1. 72 talking- years old, Temple? Uh, yeah, I think so. This uh, is 45th NBA team, which I don't know how mathematically that's possible. <laughs> well, the ABA, yeah. you know, G League. China. Uh, China. <laughs> uh, and no Joe Harris. So I don't know if they're just going to give Garrett Temple Joe Harris's jersey and just have him, like, run the same, like, curls and uh, <laughs> right. shoot the same amount of threes. But it's at least worth a shot. He'll play good defense. You can always rely on Garrett Temple to play good defense. <laughs> Uh, Shannon, how about you? All right. Just so, so the record shows, Ken is old enough to be Garrett Temple's father. <laughs> <laughs> Huzzah! Uh, I, I also like Garrett Temple. Um, you know, the fact that Joe Harris is out really pushed him over the edge for, for me. Uh, 4,900, he fits in. The ownership percentage should not be through the roof. I mean, when you're, when you're looking at these postseason contests where there's three, four games going on, Ownership percentage is a huge part of the equation. If you're trying to take down a GPP, you have to factor that in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's why you roll with PJ Dozier in your lineup and then have it wa- watch it all burn down and I, fail miserably. I have Brooke Lopez <laughs> yesterday who was 9%. So there's, there's sneaky. There are, there are great, sneaky ones. PJ yeah. Dozier was a great end of bubble games, you know, last game of the play-ins play. Because he does yeah. shoot when he goes in there for them. There are there are certainly sneaky ones. Um, a, one that I actually expect to be somewhat sneaky today is Paul George. Um, he's at seventy nine hundred, and you guys have already mentioned a couple other shooting guards. You know, you've got you've got Levert, you got Luca, Donovan Mitchell has been insane. Mm-hmm. So those guys are all going to be heavily owned. Um, there's going to be some cheaper options like Marcus Smart that someone's going to try to sneak into their lineup. So I, I think giving his 50-point fantasy upside uh, and his, you know, I, I, I will say somewhat muted ownership percentage, I could see Paul George being a solid play. Um, he, he hasn't put a game, a complete game together in, through the first two playoff contests, he, but he's, aver- he's still averaging 33 fantasy points. Um, you know, if he goes out there and has a full game, then you're going to look at 40, 45 fantasy points pretty easily. It's not um, like the it's not like the Clippers can afford to coast. This series no. could easily go That's, seven. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would argue that if if Porzingis did not get ejected in game one, they would be down 2-0 right now. Or it would yeah, be, yeah. that's a very real possibility. Um, well, you bring want, up Perzingis. What do you think about playing Perzingis? Game time decision, his heel, it's probable to play, I think. But uh, what what else do we know, Alex? Uh, he's probable. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I, I think he'll be there. Yeah, if, if he if he wasn't going to play, I don't feel like they would list him as probable. Um, it is the final game of the evening, 9 p.m. Eastern tip. 
So it's something to keep an eye on before rosters lock. Uh, but I would feel comfortable putting them in my lineup. I am not going that route tonight. Um, you guys, I got, I'll name a couple other guys. You mentioned Conley. I'm I'm on the Conley train. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played really well in the bubble. Choo choo, Ken. I'm <laughs> on the board. Uh, Fifty eight hundred. That price is just right for me. Uh, and then another shooting guard, Fred VanVleet. Yeah, has been ridiculous through the first two games. Um, and I expect that to continue. I, you know, based on last season and this and the first couple games this year, I just think this guy's got another gear that he hits once the playoff time comes. Um, it's incredibly impressive to watch, uh, and I expect him to have another big outing. He's only seventy nine hundred, and same same thing that applies to Paul George applies to Fred VanVleet. There's underpriced at BB. There's yeah, they're underpriced, and there's other good shooting guard options. So his ownership percentage hopefully won't be 45%. Yeah. And he's a guy who, uh, he always has the ball in his hands, which is like a a strong indicator of guys that like I like in DFS are guys who essentially always either have the ball in their hands or just like to shoot a ton or both. Um, and he (laughs) certainly falls into that category. Let let me throw a toss up your guys's way. All right. Small forward. You've got $7,100 left. Are you going Tobias Harris or Jalen Brown? I'm going Jalen Brown. Hayward's out. Homer. All right. Well, first of all, he's also 100 cheaper, but Hayward's out. They have to learn. And Hayward's not just out for a little while. He's out three weeks. He was going to be out for the semis anyway because of his daughter. Uh, They expect that's due during the semis. Um, They have to learn to play without Hayward. And I think that means giving lots of minutes to Jalen Brown. Also, Tobias Harris has already had one stinker in this series. Two. I think he's dreaming of no bubble. <laughs> Gone fishing. Get me out of here. He's got, he's got three, two of his three bags are packed. Yeah. He's I... looking at flight options. He's thinking, oh, what exotic island am I going to travel to? Get me out of here. I've exhausted the pay-per-view options. I think, I think you. I think it just depends on your contest. I think GPP. If you're trying to curb ownership percentage, you have to go Tobias Harris. And uh, if you're going cash game, you should go Jalen Brown. But that also depends on if you think like if the rest of your lineup is incredibly chalky, then I think going Tobias Harris makes sense to try to get like a little variation. But like, am I going to feel safe to playing Tobias Harris? Not really. I mean, I like him in general. His price isn't ideal, but he's got four of 15 last game. Missed both his threes. Did yeah, grab 11 boards. He, we know he's good. I mean, he's he's yeah. 47, 37 on the season in terms of field goal, three point percentage. He's he's he, let, Let's talk career arc, though. Let's talk. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm venturing from DFS. Is Tobias Harris one of those guys? Maybe like Gallinari. Great score during the regular season on a uh, bad but maybe up and coming team. But when the playoff crunch hits, as Bob Myers always says, you, you know, it doesn't matter what you did in the season. You have to play well in the playoffs. I don't know if Tobias Harris can turn it on in the playoffs. It's two games. We're not talking about a guy that averages 25 points per game. You know, he, he very routinely has back-to-back games that are similar to what we've seen in the first two games of the playoffs. The difference for me is the fact that 
Philly's relying on him so heavily right now. And that should in turn result in, in just one massive fantasy outing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's playing 37 minutes per in the first two, 14, nine and a half, five with almost no defensive stats. And he's only shooting 33% from the floor. He hasn't even made a three pointer in the first two games. Like he's over five from downtown. This guy, I, I, I feel like he's gonna, he's gonna just bust out and have one massive game. Um, it's looking like it probably will have to come in the next two games. <laughs> so if it doesn't happen today, I will have him in my lineup for game four as well. I, I'm actually surprised that he's not priced higher. 7,100 for a guy who may have, he's going to have the highest usage or the second highest usage behind Embiid on his team. Um, I expect him to go off and, and have a big game. And the, the fact that the rebounds and assists have picked up um, is highly encouraging for me. The buckets well, I, will I assume fall. that's no Simmons around balls in his yeah, hand a lot yeah, more. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there, we know why it's because there's no Simmons and it clicked during, during the bubble. He had, he had multiple great games all around games. Well, it um, may totally depend on game flow. If they're down big early, Oh, he's going to be thinking, he's going to be thinking about all his favorite restaurants. He can go back to well, he, <laughs> Sixers I, minds. are not going to be in this. If they get, they start losing early. Yeah, to, to to Shannon's point, he's also one of the few guys like on the Sixers who I am trusting for minutes even because he's played 39 and 35 minutes the Definitely. first two games. And Richard Josh Richardson played 37 minutes in the first game, but then went down to 29. Matisse Thibault played 33 in the first game, then started and went down to 25. Horford <laughs> played 23 minutes last game. Alec Burks played 16 minutes last game after playing 28 the day before the game before, and I think scoring 18 points. Shake Milton, I don't even know who this, where this guy is. Maybe that was on the collective NBA media for thinking Shake Milton was going to save the 76ers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm with Shannon in terms of like I think he's he'll be he sh- his his draft percentage should be low, um, and he's just due for a bounce back. He's too good of a shooter, and they need him too much. So won't blame anybody for playing Jalen Brown, but. Uh, I think I think Tobias Harris makes sense on tonight's slate because again we're talking about most of these guys two game sample sizes. So if they have a bad couple games, that happens during the regular season. If Tobias Harris had four bad games in a row in the regular season, we'd probably be sitting here talking about well he has to bounce back tonight. So in general, so it sounds cheap. like you two are not worried. You don't have in general concerns about the motivation levels of these down O two teams. No, I don't. Not really. Uh, Not for the guys who are like key pieces. Like Tobias Harris, I I just, what's Tobias Harris going to do? Shoot like six shots and just like not try. I I don't know. I mean, maybe his rebounding isn't going to be as, you know, tough. I mean, I'm sure the 76ers still feel like they have a chance. But. I don't know. It'd be, it's it'd not be, my... it'd be a, a, such a nicer storyline if they were literally returning to Philadelphia for game three, <laughs> as would normally be occurring, you know, right. versus just the digital screens updating. We all know right. how good Philly is at, at home and how much worse they play on the road. These all feel like all road games. They do. Um, okay. Ken, uh, it's time for your old man rant. Ah, I'll make this quick. If there's any industry more screwed up 
during the pandemic than sports media, it's definitely restaurants. I am waiting in the parking lot outside of my favorite pizza place where they deliver the, the little mom pa shop. They deliver the pizza to your car. The car next to me, two ladies, I assume kind of mom age, uh, they Ooh. get their pizzas, right? They go, oh, can we get some extra ranch dressing? Yes, and the 14-inch kid with the face mask on and the gloves, sure. Run, you know, even though there's all these other cars, she runs in, gets them dressing. Kid comes back with her ranch dressing. And they go, oh, you know what? I forgot. Can we also get some extra napkins? The kid it, runs back inside a second time to get them napkins. The mom at the driver's seat turns to the passenger and says, she's not moving as fast as I'd like. I'm going to give her a bad tip. I'm like, what? <laughs> I just yelled, are you kidding me? And they rolled their windows up. Anyway, tip wow. your servers. The restaurant industry is getting crushed. I found that wildly absurd. Do you think anybody that likes ranch that much would just have some in their car? You know? <laughs> a, a little bottle and a little cooler? Yeah. 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 What are you doing putting ranch on a pizza anyway, for Christ's sakes? Yeah, that's that's absurd. Women do that. I've never met a man who dips their pizza in ranch, but I've met a lot of women who do that. That's weird. And that's okay. I like women. <laughs> we are pro women on this podcast. But there's one thing I think we could agree on. We are pro women on this podcast. Uh, I'm pro hot sauce on pizza, but also, yeah. obviously, pro women. Um, okay, I don't know. I mean, as far as mispronounced names, I don't even try to pronounce uh, Avija, Avija's name. I'll get it eventually. So I'm not. I'm not even gonna hold you to that, Ken. Thank you. Uh, and I think I think we we're good. Any of Egypt and every other aspect. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Pro- Podcast. It is presented by PropSwap. Ken, take us out of here. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Hall of Fame member Bill Walton, who uh, had this to say about a certain big man for the Denver Nuggets. Quote, when you see someone like Nelson Mandela or Martin Luther King or Mahatma Gandhi, Someone who sees the future before anyone else does knows how to get where they need to be, where they want to be. It's Nikolai Jokic. Happiness begins when selfishness ends. In a game that is taken over by the incessant dribbling for yourself, Nikola Jokic is such a breath of fresh air, and it's his imagination. Watching him play is like watching Bob Dylan come up with a song. Thank you, Bill Walton. Attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Hey, hey.